listening to the Back in History Class podcast. Hi, my name is Rachel Harity. And my name is Anna Reimer. Rachel and I have done extensive research into the case of the Zodiac Killer. In this podcast, she and I will share information, details on the investigation, and get inside the mind of the infamous terror of Northern California, the Zodiac Killer. Our story begins in 1968 at a lover's lane in Benicia, California. Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday were on their first date with the promise that David would have Betty home by 11 o'clock. A passing driver noticed two lifeless bodies laying on the side of the road and informed the police. Confirmed by ballistics to be a 22 caliber gun, there was no known motive for the murders. Around six months later, the Zodiac Killer returned from his hiatus, committing his next attack in Blue Rock Springs Parks in Vallejo, California. Darlene Farron and Michael Magoo were sitting inside their car in a parking lot at the park. Another car pulled into the lot, parking alongside the couple. Almost immediately, the other car left. Ten minutes later, the car returned, and a figure walked out of the car and walked up to the passenger's side window. After shining a flashlight into both their eyes, the Zodiac opened fire, shooting and killing Darlene and severely injuring Michael. The Zodiac then drove away, yet he did something very interesting. The killer drove to a nearby phone booth and called the Vallejo Police Department, claiming to have killed this couple and Betty Lou and David six months earlier. Magoo survived the attack despite massive injuries and described the attacker as a roughly 200-pound, curly-brown-haired white male around 26 to 30 years old. After these two crimes, the Zodiac began his unique series of codes and letters to local newspapers and law enforcement. The first of these was a 408-symbol cryptogram that the Zodiac claimed held his identity. It was published in several local papers on August 1, 1969. On August 8, Donald and Betty Harden cracked the code. Here is an excerpt from it. I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. Many words in his letters and ciphers are misspelled, indicating that the Zodiac may have been uneducated and came from more of a dysfunctional background, although this is not confirmed. Roughly a month after the first letters were published, the Zodiac committed what he referred to as the double murder at Lake Berryessa in Napa, California. While enjoying a nice picnic, Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were approached by a man in a black mask and sunglasses with a symbol on his shirt. This symbol would later be attributed to the signature of the Zodiac, a circle with crosshairs over it. The man claimed to be an escaped convict and requested their car and money. The Zodiac killer then had Cecilia tie up Brian before stabbing them both repeatedly. Then he hiked up to Brian's car and wrote the dates of the other killings on Brian's car door. The Zodiac went to another payphone and reported his murders to the police station which was only a few blocks away. A handprint was found at the payphone, yet it was never identified. Cecilia died two days later after the attack, but Brian survived despite having life-threatening injuries. The description of the Zodiac from witnesses 
resembled the same one given after the Blue Rock Springs attack. Just two weeks after this attack, the Zodiac struck again, this time in Presidio Heights, California. The Zodiac entered a cab driven by Paul Stein, and after being dropped off at his destination, shot Stein in the head with a 9mm gun. He took Stein's car keys, wallet, and ripped off a piece of his shirt tail. Three teenagers and Officer Don Fuke observed the Zodiac after committing the crime and described him as a white male anywhere from 25 to 45 years old. Three days after the Presidio Heights attack, the Zodiac yet again communicated with the local papers. He sent in a piece of Paul Stein's blood-soaked shirt as well as a threat to kill children on a school bus. On October 20, 1969, the Zodiac called into the Oakland Police Department requesting to speak to lawyer Melvin Belly on a local television show. Someone claiming to be the Zodiac called several times into the show and said his name was Sam. Belly agreed to meet him in Daly City, but the suspect never showed. As a recap on these crimes, the Zodiac Killer has killed five people and severely injured two. He was never identified but he sent many letters and codes to local newspapers and police stations. We chose not to elaborate on the other crimes that the Zodiac claimed to have committed because these are not confirmed to be his. The suspect list was focused on a few individuals and we will cover the most widely scrutinized. These are Arthur Lee Allen, Lawrence Kane, and Donald Lee Bujic. Arthur Lee Allen was the prime suspect in Robert Graysmith's book, Zodiac. Allen was also the subject of many other books, articles, and movies. He was questioned by police in 1969 and 1971 after his friend informed police that Allen had talked of wanting to kill people and securing a flashlight to a gun. Another interesting detail was that Allen wore a Zodiac brand watch and owned the same caliber gun that the Zodiac used in one of his attacks. During this interview, Allen told police that the bloody knives in his car were used for killing chickens. Allen was discharged from the Navy after misconduct and was also fired from his teaching position after sexual misconduct allegations surfaced. In 1991, Allen was invest investigated yet again after an informant facing armed robbery charges said Allen had bragged to him about murdering a cab driver. Although Allen is a viable suspect, DNA tests proved unmatched and circumstantial evidence was not proof enough to convict him. Lawrence Kane is also suspected to have been the Zodiac Killer. His first connection was Donna Lass, who disappeared from the Sahara Tahoe Hotel that she worked at along with Kane. Harvey Hines, a retired officer, was convinced that Kane was to blame for the disappearance of Lass. His main evidence was a similarity in Kane and the Zodiac's writing, along with a slew of circumstantial evidence. He was also allegedly involved in the abduction of Kathleen Johns and her infant. After her car was disabled, the assailant drove her around before she eventually decided to jump out of the car with her infant. When she was at the police station, she identified the composite sketch of the Zodiac killer as the person who kidnapped her. In a six-person photo lineup, she confidently chose Lawrence Kane as the person responsible. Another connection is to Darlene Farron, the victim that died at the Blue Rock Springs Park, whose sister confirmed that Kane had been following her. To make it worse, five days after the Blue Rock Springs Park attack, he traded in his car. 
The cherry on top of all of this is that his current addresses at the time of the murders have been very close to the crime scenes. He is said to have lived a quarter mile away from the Paul Stein crime scene in Presidio Heights, California. His move to Las Vegas also lined up with the three-year silence in letters. While all of this is pretty convincing, no evidence against him can be confirmed and therefore is all circumstantial. Donald Lee Bujic was heavily researched by Kevin Robert Brooks, and he compiled a compelling case against this suspect. At the Lake Berryessa attack, the criminal claimed to have been an escaped convict from a prison in Montana. Bujic was released from Deer Lodge Penitentiary in 1968 from an 11-year-long sentence for killing a deputy. Brooks stated that fellow inmates remember Bujic talking about killing people to make them his slaves in the afterlife, and this sentiment was mentioned in the Zodiac Codes. Bujic had been released from military duty after some mental health concerns. He was stationed at Fort Ord, California, and Brooks believes that the Zodiac symbol may have been inspired by the helicopter landing pad at Bujic's station. All the evidence against him was circumstantial, however, and his involvement in the Zodiac crimes was never proven. Lastly, we would like to diagnose the Zodiac killer as a sociopath. The first symptom of a sociopath is that everything is a game to them. The Zodiac killer created a cat and mouse game with the police. He called in the crimes, sent letters, hints, and ciphers, all to feel his need to be in control. A catch me if you can. Type game. The next symptom is that sociopaths are easily bored. The Zodiac Killer used new tactics and new ruses to n- manipulate and kill his victims. He also toyed with the police and changed his ciphers. The third symptom of a sociopath is the lack of sympathy and remorse. The Zodiac Killer never showed any signs of remorse, but quite the opposite with his toying tactics with victims. Looking them in the face to shoot them or stabbing them to death in cold blood, neither really screaming sympathetic. The last and final symptom that we would like to focus on is impulsivity. The murders were spread out sporadically as if he killed when he felt like killing. He was also a major risk taker as he left some victims alive and used tactics like riding around in a car with them that could have revealed his identity. The Zodiac Killer has been the subject of urban legends and myths since his emergence in 1968. Several books, articles, websites, and movies have been inspired by his actions and the mysteries surrounding him. The fact that he was never identified has been a catalyst for people to create their own investigations and theories about his true identity. His individualized and macabre signatures and ciphers make his murders unique to himself and they have been the subject of criminalists for decades. The Zodiac will forever remain an infamous name in the United States and the rest of the world. Thank you for listening to our podcast hosted by Rachel Herity and Anna Reimer. Have a great day.